Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to the Outstanding Life Podcast, episode number two with Pete Marluzzi. We're talking about Pete is a tour manager, tour accountant for some of the biggest names out there. And if you missed episode number one, you got to go back and listen to it, man. He talks about all the cool things that he's accomplished in his life and all the cool things. But now... Pete, we were talking about uh, COVID and we were talking about, you know, we're, we're all in this together right now. And, and, and you're really, really, I appreciate you being honest with, with, um, with all the listeners, man, because we're all fighting this. I'm listening to your story and I'm like, I've gone through this. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. I've done this. I've done that. So I can't thank you enough, Pete, man, for hanging out with us for another episode. Oh, it's my pleasure, Johnny. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. It was, uh... It's funny because as we were talking about all that stuff, I mean, it was, I got all that stuff started before COVID hit. Right. So I distinctly remember <laughs> sitting here watching the TV the day that they started to announce the lockdowns and thinking to myself, well, this is an <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> situation, um, but uh, it, it allowed me to, to dig in, you know, and, and to do some more things like that and to kind of, uh, you know, I have a, I have an online pirate radio show that I've done on and off for a long time. And I was asked by a guy I was working with to actually start it back up again. So well, I, let's talk I about that. Called, I mean that, yeah, yeah, that that's on my notes here. So let's just jump into that yeah. and talk about your, uh, be, 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 because here's the thing, Pete, there's so many of us that, that, that are going through different things right now, you know, during this whole COVID things, people like myself yeah. and you basically lost our jobs because we can't tour anymore. We can't do these yeah. things. Um, and so we have to reinvent ourselves. Right. And that's basically yeah. Pete, what you're going to be talking about is Pete had to reinvent himself. So yeah, mean, and it's, you started off it's like in an episode ongoing, number one, you talked about being a, 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 a radio DJ and wanting to do that. And now look at it all these years later, guess what? You got your own show, brother. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, still working started, for nothing. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Still working for actually less than nothing yeah, at this point. It's uh, you know, it, it was, ju it was just something I started this thing a long time ago while I was actually, while I was on the road, I, uh, I got to host slashes, I heart radio station when we were out on the road together because uh, they wanted somebody that could interview him that could, you know, that could keep the material fresh. And they asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. And I'll, I'll never be able to thank those guys enough between his management and his, his promotions guy uh, and slash himself. I mean, they talked to him about it and they, you know, normally these, celebrity stations on iHeart only last a couple months. Right. Um, I went out to LA, I sat in the studio with him and we told stories together for, you know, it was about six or seven hours. I think we were in the studio just kind of rattling things off because the stations are all pre-recorded on iHeart. Right. So you kind of, we, we did all these lead ins and talked about songs and talked about his career, talked about bands that influenced him. And I knew I had a good relationship with him at that point. So we, you know, I knew what to talk about and it was really natural. And then what I did was I took my gear with me on the road and I would interview the other guys in the band. I would also change the music that was on the station and kind of keep the station fresh. It ended up running for 10 months, oh, which wow. was unheard of for a artist station on iHeart, but the ratings were really good the whole year and it, it went really, really well. So 
when that was done, I kind of had that bug and I, I, I left Slash to go and work for Kid Rock. And with the Kid Rock tour, I had a little bit more time because the schedule was a little less um, intense than the Slash one was. And so I started my own online pirate radio station. And it really is pirate. I mean, <laughs> I, I play music and I and the whole thing about it was I was playing music that of new bands and new albums from bands that I grew up listening to because there really wasn't any place for that music to be played on the radio at that time. So it became this kind of little culty thing that a lot of guys on the road were listening to, which I didn't even realize. It started spreading it around to people I knew and a lot of them really dug it. So it became something that I did for a few years and I took some time off and I went back and did it again. It really just depended on how busy I was on the road. So what's it called, and Pete? Because I mean, I it's mean, called the, it's called the noise factory okay. and everything that, everything that I've been doing, you can find on my website, which is called uh, blackbird entertainment, com. So it's, you know, just spelled out the whole, the whole company name. My, my management company is blackbird entertainment. So, um, if you go and look there, you'll see the noise factory, you'll see, Shadow and the Thrill, which is a band that I'm that I was talking about before that I yep, managed. We'll talk about you'll them see, too. Yep, you'll see Doom Slide, which was a, the other project that I was talking about, and you'll also see that I've also got myself into doing voiceover work, which is something that I've always wanted to do, but I needed to kind of step back and learn things, find some, find an agent, find some people that you know could kind of guide me the right way, read a few books, and. Uh, <laughs> I had all the gear and I knew how to do things, but I didn't really know how to go about getting myself started. So that was another thing that I educated myself with this year and tried to trying to get off the ground, which I'm still still working on. I do auditions every day here from my house. So I've gotten a couple of paying jobs, but I'm really hoping that it kind of grows into something bigger. So. Isn't that crazy, Pete? Um, I, I got to tell you, um, both of us, again, for over 20 years, you know, traveling around the country and you around the world and, and then and then going to, uh, holy cow, I got a gig that paid a hundred bucks. This is great. And I would have never <laughs> yeah. left my house unless it was thousands. So yeah. you know what I mean? So, yep. so I got I to gotta tell you, <clears throat> we're talking about reinventing ourselves and stuff. But, um, and you're talking about getting these gigs, you know, doing voiceovers and stuff and you do, you, you, you have a great, great voice. Um, obviously, um, you doing stuff with slash and your own stuff, but, you know, talk about in reinventing yourself. I'm doing the same thing. I'm just hoping that the, that the speaking business comes back. I got a funny story. I, I got, just got done doing a podcast a couple of weeks ago and, um, I was on my way home. I get a phone call and this girl says, Hey, my name's uh, Christy or Christine, whatever her name was. And she's like, do you do singing, uh, singing, uh, singing, uh, sing, singing grams? Uh, <laughs> and, and I said, no, I said, I'm a motivational speaker. She's like, yeah, I know. But I, she goes, um, well, do you have a guitar? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, perfect. I go, why? I can't play very well. And she goes, oh, that's that's fine. That's fine. She goes, can you sing? Even better. Right. right. Yeah. That's what that, Pete, that's what she said. And then she yeah. goes, she goes, uh, can you sing? I said, not well. She goes, perfect. I said, I, I said, wait a second. I said, what is going on? And she yeah. goes, well, I have a receptionist here at work and uh, she just loves cowboys and I want to do something special for her. I said, well, I'm not your guy. <laughs> and, 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 and I just got done doing a podcast about being positive and all this. And I said, you know what, Lord, yeah. really, you're really testing me now. So yeah. I, I said, I said, okay, ma'am, here's the thing. You know what? Yes, I'll do it. I said, 
Um, you know, what do you want me to do? She was like, basically just come in and, and sing her happy birthday. I said, okay, fine. Then she says, um, well, how much are you going to charge? I said, I don't do this. I said, I have a donation button on my website, you know, throw in some money, you know, and, and we'll call it even a few minutes right. later. Now, now I'm scared to death. I don't play guitar right. on stage. I don't sing in front of people. And here I just agreed to sing for someone's birthday party. I made 50 right. bucks, dude. I was, I was the <laughs> happiest guy. I'm like, that was a gig. I haven't had a gig in 10 months. And I was so happy yep. about making 50 bucks. And, you know, so I, I, I took her, you know, a bottle of champagne. I took her, you know, a swag bag of motivational cowboy stuff. I, I, so I, you ended up, co- you cost yourself money, basically. Dude, it was, but I, I yeah. tell you what, so I walk in, right, Pete? And, and it wasn't far yeah. from my house. I walk in and she goes, Oh my God, it's the motivational cowboy. She knew me. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So, so it is kind of funny. So those of you that are listening know I do not do singing telegrams, but I did one and it was for the right price, (laughs) but for the right price. Hey, he'll, he'll give it a try. My, yeah. hey, my opening line to her was they tried to get the singing uh, naked cowboy, you know, from New York. Yeah, uh, he was yeah. busy because it was close to New Year's. I go, they tried to get Kid Rock. He was out of town. So you ended up with the motivational cowboy. So, <laughs> but, you know, so, so, That's so, fantastic. so now you have some time and, and, and you know, you, you have your, um, you know, the noise factory radio show, you're doing your voiceover work, but something that, that you got into and, and you've been working with bands, but now you've had time to really, really work with uh, Shadow and the Thrill, which is a, yeah. I mean, man, the voice of that guy, I don't know what his name is, but what an incredible <laughs> voice. Yeah. Tony Cardenas Montana is his name. Are you serious? And, uh, is that really his real name? He, well, it, Tony Cardenas <laughs> is his real name, Okay, <laughs> but his stage name, his stage name for years was Tony Montana. And Tony was if you're a fan of rock bands, I mean, when Tony was 18, he became the bass player in Great White. Oh. And, and this was back in the in the Once Bitten period. So, yeah. And then he wrote a couple of songs on Twice Shy and on the album after that. And then he left the band in 93. And he kind of got out of the business for a while, but, you know, was doing things, uh, you know, doing small projects on the side. And then uh, he and I met in early 2000. Uh, we've been friends ever since. And, uh, when it, when we were out with slash, actually, uh, the bass player was having some health issues where he had a detached retina and couldn't do a tour for about eight weeks. And, uh, I had Tony come out and fill in and he did a great job. And then Tony actually got back out touring, uh, and started working with Jack Russell from great white. And he's been kind of playing with him on and off for years. And, he came to me a few years ago and he said, listen, I really want to do a record again. And I said, you know, yeah, I said, I'd be happy to help any way I can. And he started to send me demos. I kind of said, look, I think it needs to be in like the blues rock world genre, you know, like Joe Bonamassa esque, but with his own personal touch to it. Yep. And Tony's an incredible singer, guitar player. And when I say incredible singer, like if you're a fan of Steven Tyler and Chris Cornell, like he's kind of a cross between those guys, you Absolutely. know, soul. He's got this soul in his voice. That's just unbelievable, but it'll give you goosebumps. I mean, I, and, and I, yeah, listen, I, I listened to his stuff again this morning, you know, uh, before nice. the podcast and, and just like literally when he was playing the guitar in the one video, like I get it. It was just a video, but you could literally feel him playing the guitar. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, he's he just amazing. Been, you must've been watching the, uh, the video for crazy, yes, which is yes, a cover it, cover of the Gnarls Barkley song. Yes. He did it in this blues 
you know, rendition that he did that he came up with. It's just, Oh, it's phenomenal. It's, a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing version of the song. And then we've got the, the title track of the album, uh, sugar bowl is also one of my absolute favorites on the record. And that's going to be coming out in March. Uh, we have a video for that and it's actually already kind of won a couple of, you know, a couple of contests online and it's getting some notice from other places, especially overseas in Europe, especially, but uh, the songs are just so good. And he said, I mean, the writing on this record is incredible. There's a couple of songs on there that you will recognize. You know, there's a couple of cover songs. Um, but it's this, I always kind of look at that genre, the blues guitar driven stuff as, you know, you have a lot of freedom to do reinterpretations of other people's songs. And very few of the guys that do that though, are great writers on top of being great performers. And Tony is also a great writer and, and he sings like you wouldn't believe. So it's hard for me to decide whether I like his voice or his guitar playing better because (laughs) he's just such a talented guy. And, uh, I mean, he plays all the guitar, all the guitars on the record. He plays the dobro on the record, the harmonica, um, the bass, and he sings. Wow. So it's him and uh and and I had Jimmy Bones from Kid Rock's band guested on the record. He plays keys on uh a cover of the Tommy Bolin song The Grind. And uh and Jimmy also plays on Doomslide record. So we, we can talk <laughs> about that later, but but Shadow and the Thrill is is really something special. It's it's an album of music that I feel like pe- people really need to hear it. You know, and yeah. and what I found in my in, in my education that I've come up with this past year is that the radio business is really a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's also, you know, and I'm I I guess I'm just gonna, you know, I, I'll just go with it here. I mean, if you don't have money, you don't get played on the radio, and it's a very hard thing for a guy like myself that's a music fan to be able to comprehend that you have to pay gatekeepers to get your songs even listened to for most of the commercial radio stations, which are owned by these giant conglomerates. And uh, it's something that was really kind of like, it, it was an eye-opening kind of slap in the face, <laughs> you know, as, yeah. I, as I was finding this stuff out. Um, so we've been really trying to find the specialty shows and the stations that actually do still listen to music on their own. And, you know, we found a lot of support organically with new music shows, with blues-based shows. We're actually looking at really turning our focus to that, you know, the blues end of things, because they still listen to new music, and blues isn't something that, you know, has ever gone away. That's you right. Know, it may not be the most popular genre, but you'd be surprised at how many contemporary artists kind of come from that world, and it's it's something that I'm really, I'm just excited to kind of get it out there in front of other people, you know, because it's not just a rock album. It's not a rock album. That's, it's not an eighties album by any means. It's not a, it's not a nineties grunge record. It's a really well-written rock record that when you play it up next to the Rolling Stones or when you play it next to a Joe Bonamassa or when you play it in between Aerosmith and, and Soundgarden, you kind of listen to it and go, this is different but it's really, really good. And, yeah, yeah. and that's, and you know, and it equate, I equate it to bands like the rival sons and dirty honey who are very popular, newer bands. And, uh, it's great to have a guy that's got some experience able to make a quality album 
that has something to say for today. You know, that's not just a nostalgia piece. And, uh, Go ahead. It means a lot. Yeah. It's just a hard thing in this business today. Absolutely. You know, going from being a tour manager, tour accountant to now the agent, is it, is it kind of the same thing? No, no. I mean, managing, right. Managing behind the scenes, you know, and, and trying to steer and find avenues to expose your artists to new things. I mean, if I, if I didn't have Deco entertainment out of New York and, uh, Mike Parrish, who's with Max Alt Rock, helping me with the radio end of things. And I worked with Chipster for a while on PR. Uh, these people that I've met along the way, and I've had some great advice from uh, Jeff Varner, Revelation Management, who handles Slash and Stone Temple Pilots. They're people that I could go back to and ask questions and be like, you know, again, that mentoring thing, yeah, right? You yeah. can go back and these relationships that I've built over the years, and I'm just grateful that I've you know, they've given me a lot of solid advice and kind of, and it's great to have a team that you can count on, you know, Deco and, and Mike Parrish especially have been fantastic. But the reality is, is that the artist really has to do a lot of this stuff on their own these days. You know, social media is kind of a be all end all. And yep. we all know that there's issues with social media right now. And, and it's, but it's stuff that we have to, you have to do. And I've always been really encouraging to the people that I have managed over the years, like John Karabi for a little while, a brand new sin, which is a band out of Syracuse where I grew up. Um, I always tried to get them to learn as much as they could, because that's really what it comes down to. There's not a lot, the money in this business isn't there anymore. Right. right. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for a band that's coming up to try and pay a team of people because there's not enough money to do that. And there's not the element in the business anymore that fosters new artists the way that they did in the seventies and the eighties. You know, the A&R world was that was exactly that they would help the artists develop their sound. They would help build the artist's reputation and build their longevity. And that's why you see all these bands from the sixties, seventies and eighties still going on because their fan base is still loyal to them. Yep. You don't see a lot of the bands from the nineties with the exception of, you know, maybe a Pearl jam that still bring in the crowds that they were bringing in and, and they do really well. Chili peppers, I guess you could throw into that mix as well. Um, but the bands that have legacies are the ones that really still sell tickets. Um, anything since the early two thousands, it's just not as big. It doesn't last as long. And I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of A&R and the lack of loyalty at the record labels. Right. You know, they kind of go with trends instead of sticking with long-term. They don't see the long game. And uh, that's a problem in a lot of businesses, but that's really where I see it these days. So COVID has given you more time. You have your radio show. You have your voiceover work. You're an agent for these bands. And because you have so much time on your hands, you created – an album you created, you're on it. I mean, I know, I, I know <laughs> yeah. in, in the first episode you were talking about, Hey, taking bass lessons, you know, the bass guitar lessons yeah. and stuff like that. So you, you've always had the rock and roll guy in you, but now you actually have doom slide. So talk a little, <laughs> little bit about that, man. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, well, I, I really think COVID has been good to you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I've tried to make the most of the time. I think if I sat still, I'd probably be going crazy. Uh, or driving other people crazy. <laughs> right. uh, the Doom Slide is a is a project that my friend uh, Wade Jackson and I started started on in his garage 
a bunch of years ago and it was, we used to play in cover bands together. And uh, as my touring schedule got busier, I couldn't really play anymore, you know, and it became, I kind of had this idea of why don't we just do fun covers of songs that we love that we don't get to play in any of the bands anyway. And since I'm not going to be around, I'm not going to be able to do a lot of that. So we'll, you know, kind of take it track by track. So we, um, we started to do it and we had a lot of fun with it and we just, you know, he now lives in North Carolina and I live down here and, you know, thanks to technology, we were able to kind of pick up where we left off, you know, creating some of that stuff in his garage years ago. So we got together and we started doing this just for ourselves, you know, for laughs. And we were doing, you know, we did songs like ring of fire and stepping stone from the monkeys and, and it just kind of grew into, Hey, let's try this. So let's try that. Or I've got this great idea to do this. And, and before we knew it, we ended up with 10 or 11 tracks and he <laughs> says, why don't we put it out? And, and I just, you know, I've got this digital distribution deal that I had signed uh, from my own company so that I could put Tony singles out originally with shadow and the thrill before we found a label. And, um, I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. I said, but I'm a big vinyl collector as I touched on in the last show. Yeah. And, uh, I said, you know what, if we do this, I want to make, I want to make a record, you know? And he goes, and he was looking at me, he goes, why? And I said, because, <laughs> because I want one. I, it's for me. It's not for anybody else really. And of course, you know, when you make records, you've got to make a minimum of so many. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, so we started to talk about, all right, well, what are we going to call it? And we're, you know, look, this, the doom slide thing is really tongue in cheek. It was an idea that we came up with because we were having fun. And my whole thing was, is if we were going to put this out, I didn't really want to be, or I didn't want, I don't have any desire to be a rock star. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for me, it was just, I want to have fun with this. I want people to hear it and enjoy it. And get a laugh out of it because it's all songs, you know, but it's all done as if Black Sabbath or Alice Cooper were covering. I was going right? to say, so you it, do a great job, a great job. Hey, <laughs> well, did, a, did you sing on that it. album? Yeah, I do. I do sing. Wade and I both sing on it. I, I mean, thought it was you in the video. I'm like, yeah, I think yeah, that that's Pete's actually video. singing. Yeah. I go, he has a great yeah. voice. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would never call myself a singer, <laughs> but it was just. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a vocalist. How about that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> so it, that was, you did a great job. The album looks great. Thanks, it man. sounds great. And and, and again, I mean, I, that video you watched, that video we watched, we shot with our iPhones, Johnny. No kidding. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of thing that you have to do these days to right. That's the mentality of it. Like I wasn't going to look, I don't have any delusions about this. I'm not going to go and spend three grand to make a video, you know, or, or more, more. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be lucky if I sell 10 copies of this thing. Right. And it's, so for me, it was, I want to keep doing, we're going to do it. We've got more kind of that we're working on right now because we've got, you know, I want to do something for all the songs on the record. And what I've used this project for, you know, I had Jimmy bones come in and play keys on it. You know, he heard a couple of tracks and he's like, I want to play on this. And I had thought, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, you know, I let him do his thing and he ended up playing on two songs on the album and, uh, and we're working on a new one already and he's already contributing to songs on that. So I really wanted it to be something fun. And yeah. I had a buddy of mine help me with the artwork and, you know, we came up with a name and I came up with this idea and this was all pre COVID, right? So the band is called doom slide and the name of the record is as the world burns. And I came up with this image of this, these plague doctors, you know, the old masks, the, like the beak masks and yep. stuff. And, um, and this was all before the pandemic happened. <laughs> and then 
then all the riots started happening and I'm like, Oh man. And we were already in the pressing of the record and it's called as the world burns. (laughs) Well, you know, let's just go with it. You know, like let's just have fun. But I brought in a buddy of mine, Danny Dunn, and he's he's from up in Indiana and he does great art stuff. And he helped me with the logos for shadow and the thrill. He helped me on this. He designed the logo for the noise factory. He does a great job on stuff. And if anybody needs a guy, uh, please reach out to me via the website and, you know, hit me up because he does great work and he does this his second job. You know, it's something he does for fun, but he just does a great job with it. He's helped me with the website and he's just been invaluable over the years uh, with the noise factory and everything else. And then when it was time for a video, the first song we put out was stepping stone. And I reached out to a friend of mine, Holly West, who plays bass in a band called Zepparella, which is an all female Led Zeppelin tribute band from out in California. And I've known Holly for about a decade and and she's been getting into video editing and she has a great EP of her own. That's killer. If you want to check that out. And, um, I said, listen, this is my vision. I want it to be like a bad acid trip when people watch this stuff. And, uh, and I said, just and it trippy. Is. you know, I wanted it to be out <laughs> Good there. Good job. And, uh, you nailed yeah, it. <laughs> and I wanted it to be kind of creepy, but fun at the same time. And, and, uh, and so she put something together for me and it came out great. And it was, you know, it's affordable and it was manageable to do something to promote what we were putting out. Because yeah. if you don't let people know it's there, how are you going to find it? So, That's right. I sell the vinyl on my website, which is Blackbird Entertainment Inc. And there's a store there. I ship the vinyl myself. I pack it myself. It's all done. It's like, a, you know, literally an in-house operation. Um, <laughs> but I learned the process of how to make a record. And I went to Pirates Press, which is a company out of California. And um, I, I kind of priced it out to use different companies and found different things here in the States. They press it in Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic. And and they do a really nice job. They did the Shadow and the Thrill record as well. And and I'm a big collector of like colored vinyl and funny and fun patterned vinyl. And I did a hand pour on this. So it's this killer neon green, deep purple mix. And it's so one cool. side of the record looks green and the other side looks purple. And it's really kind of wild <laughs> when you see them. And they're and it kind of bleeds through on both sides, but the colors are really fun. And when you hold it up to the light, it changes color and everything. So it's a really fun album of songs that, you know, like we said, I mean, you know, the grassroots, the Rolling Stones, uh, Britney Spears, uh, Dead or Alive, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. There's a good collection <laughs> of stuff on there. And it's and it's all it's it's all done. It all goes together because of the way we did everything was, you know, big, heavy tuned down guitars and uh, kind of sounds like. You know, I always equate it to like Sabbath and Alice Cooper and because that's kind of where we come from, you know, yep. I'm a big Kiss fan. So the the uh, the imagery and stuff like that is all inspired by Alice and, and Kiss for sure. And um, we just had fun with it. And, yeah. we're and, and, and you can tell one. And that was the whole intention. Yep. So I keep trying to bring in more people that I have in my life to be involved in these things, whether hey, it's in Pete, a video you know, they're not doing nothing right now. Yeah, well, so, some so, people are. I mean, luckily, you know, look, we're, not everybody I know works in the music business, you know, so it's kind of a, but, you know, it's been fun to try and get people, this is going to be like a little legacy thing, right? Yeah, In absolutely. 20 years, I'm going to be able to look back on it. I could be sitting with Holly or Danny or anybody that I have involved in something that we do, Jimmy, and kind of go, hey, this was great. You know, we did this. This was a lot of fun and we did it because we were having fun with it, you know, and I've helped and it it helps me help Holly promote that she does this, or it helps me help Danny promote that he does these things. It helps me help promote Jimmy or Wade, 
you know, and I get to kind of put them out there and go, you know, if you ever need a guitar player, you should reach out to this guy because he could do a track for you. If you ever need a keyboard player, reach out to me because I can, maybe Jimmy will want to play on it. That's right. You know, and, and these are all things that we kind of have to do to, you know, I, I was just trying to figure out how do I get people I know and love involved in this? I love that. And that was like, I want, I want it to be something that not only do I get to look back on it and smile about, but like Wade's wife sings background vocals on it, right? Like there's stuff that we did, you know, where we were just trying to get people into this thing that we, you know, that without bringing them too much into the actual recording process, but now the after part of it, when we're doing videos or just pushing it out there, I get to work with these different people and, and get them involved in it. You know, Mike Parrish has helped me kind of send it out to radio, you know, and, and not that we've had a whole lot of success <laughs> there, but it's one of those things where, you know, we're on a, we're on a cover chart in South America and I'm right between shadow and the thrill and slash. <laughs> so I get to be up on this chart where I'm looking at it going, Hey, look, like this is me doing this, you know, right. which is yeah. hilarious to that's me. Awesome. But that's part of that. That's part of that tongue in cheek part of it, you know? And, and I'm just, for me, like getting the people that I, like I've got, I know a lot of talented people, whether it's in video and editing or whether it's in dancing or acting or whatever, I get to, if I can get these people involved in a little project that I'm doing because they want to be a part of it, that's great for me. And that gives me something where I'm going to look back on it in 20, 25 years and go, God, you remember when we did this? That's right. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, and God willing, those people are all still in my life. I mean, that's what, that I, I think I've gotten pretty good at picking, picking better people to have around <laughs> me, you know, and that, which is a challenge, you know, yeah. as you know, I mean, it's, it's a hard thing. You never know. Again, it, another life lesson from Pete Merluzzi, and that is you just got to have fun. You just got to have yeah. fun, whatever you're, you're, you're doing in life. And listen, I mean, if you, if you, li- if you've listened to the first episode or you're listening to this one, I mean, you know, not everything is, is rainbows and sunshine. And, no. and, and Pete covered a lot of these things, but at the end of the day, it's like having the time, it's like have fun doing whatever you need uh, to do and just have fun doing it. Um, Pete, we, we literally only have like five minutes left and I got, I got to get this question in here because again, you've yeah. been, you've worked with so many different cool people over the years, so many different bands, everything else. But have you ever worked with a band you grew up listening to? That when you started working with them, you were like, I can't believe it. I used to listen to these guys when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, I've been really fortunate in my career to get to work with a lot of the bands that I actually grew up listening to. I mean, ZZ Top has got to be the first one because they were the guys that I really, like when I got out on that tour, I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty great. <laughs> You're you know? like, I mean, I, I grew up during the MTV era, you know, yeah. I mean, if you, if you did that, then you knew ZZ Top, you saw all the videos, it'd be hard for you not to say that, yeah, I owned a ZZ Top record in the 80s, you know, and uh, and so I got to spend five years there, I still hear from Billy on a regular basis, you know, I, see, I hear emails from him and stuff like that, and he's always sending something funny, I was really fortunate to get to do that, I mean, ACDC, you know, I I, I can't tell you enough how what a great organization, what a great group of people from top to bottom. I mean, band management agent, uh, Chris Dalston is one of the best agents in the music business. He's just an amazing human being. I love him to death. The guys in the band are, are beautiful people, all amazing guys. And then the crew, I got to work with Opie, who is the, their production manager, Dale Shurseth. He is one of the best in the business. We had known each other for a long time. 
but I never gotten to work directly with him. And I, if I had my choice, I'd never work with anybody else. The guy is just, he's such a master at what he does. And our personalities just, for some reason, we just got on really, really well together. Their, their tour manager, Tim and, and Noel and just the crew, everybody in the crew, man, I, there are people that I miss, you know? Yeah. And I mean, we spent two years together going around the planet. We laughed, we went through all kinds of crazy nonsense and we saw a lot of upheaval in the band and changes that happened because of health issues. And then, you know, luckily the band has kind of bounced back and done this amazing new record. And like, I'm just honored to have been a part of that, you know, and, and get to have been a part of that family for a little while. I mean, my, uh, one of my best friends that I've ever made on the road is this guy named, I call him ghost. And I got to work with him on that tour and then on guns later on. And, uh, the guy he became like a brother to me, you know, and that's just kind of the relationships that you form out there because you, you do live together, you know, and I do have a bit of a boisterous personality on the road. I can be, you know, loud and, and funny and do stupid stuff just to get <laughs> people laughing. And, um, I do take joy in that, you yeah. know, I mean, look, this year has been hard for everybody, you know, especially in our business, but there's been challenges for everyone, you know, right. and, I, and I think people forget that there's thousands of people that work in the inter live entertainment business that have been put out of work this year. And yeah, we go get another job. Sure. And, but you know what? The rest of the world looks at our experience and doesn't understand it at all. And they have a really hard time. So I had to hire a professional resume restructurer to help me, help me understand what I had done for 24 <laughs> years. And, and I just finished that process. And now I'm starting to look at like, what else can I do? You know? And yeah. I really am starting over again in my life, but I'm going to find something. All I know is like, I don't know where this is taking me, but I do know it's going to be great. And, and the reason why I know that is because I won't settle for anything less. And that is something that I've had to teach myself again, uh, because of this year. And, uh, you know, look, I, I'm lucky, man. I've, I've, I, I had money in the bank, you know, I was able to kind of, subsist for a while without, you know, having to stress too much about it. Yeah. And I really haven't been stressed this year. I, I have to say that I've been, I've kept myself and my mind occupied and I've done things to make my situation better so that no matter what I go to do now, I'm better off than I was when this thing all started. You know what I mean? Absolutely. In my own head. I love it. And that is, that's the challenge that we really all face. You know, I, I and love if there's how some you way that. that I can give back to the people that I've, you know, have worked with over the years, if I end up in a position where I can help them find something or do something to work with some of those people in a new capacity, you know, I'm going to keep doing that. I've always done it in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I may not know everything that I'm talking about, but I will learn. And if you're patient enough, I'll learn with you, you know, and I'll make sure that you know more when we're done, you know, yeah, <laughs> that kind absolutely. of a thing. And, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're definitely a, a true team leader. I love that. Listen, listen, I have to wrap this up in just a couple of minutes, but I have a question yeah. that, that I have to ask you. And, and yep. listen, everybody listening right now, you've seen it. You've been to concerts. I know you have. And Pete, you've been doing this for over 20 years. Have you ever walked around before a concert and upgraded people to better seats? Maybe you've seen a military you know, husband and wife. Maybe you've seen... Let's just say it. 
a girl that you wanted to see put right in, in the up in the front. Have you have you ever been one of those guys or or been a part have, of walking around in upgrading people to better seats or maybe yeah. even backstage? Well, you know, as the accountant, <laughs> I do I do deal with all the ticketing stuff, right? So yes, I, I as the tour manager on Kid Rock, it was actually a job that I did every day. On, <laughs> oh, on are you tours. serious? And, yeah, and uh, I would go up onto the hill at the amphitheaters, and we held the entire front row on that. There's the $20 ticket tour that we did in 2013. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would go up with, you know, I had 30 to 60 tickets, depending on the place we were playing, and I was upgrading people. And I would always find, like, the diehard fans, you know what I mean? That was my thing was, as a music fan myself, it really wasn't about what you looked like or who you were. It was more that you were a diehard fan. That's what I always looked for when I was doing this. And, uh, one story that sticks out, we were up in, uh, we we're up in Connecticut, I think. And it was up on the Hill and I saw these people with these, these red shirts on. Yeah. I mean, there was a group of them, you know, and I, <laughs> I, I kind of, I was like, wow, this this I see four or five and then I see them walking and I was kind of following them behind to see what was going on because they were obviously going back to more people. Well, there was like 30 of them. And they had all taken a bus from Nova Scotia, right? Which was crazy. <laughs> they drove down to Connecticut in this bus to see Kid Rock. And they had shirts that they made that said Kid Rock for president. <laughs> and and I thought, I mean, like, I just hit the mother load here, right? Like, I was like, this is going to make them the fastest day I've ever had on the Hill. So there's a group. They, I think it was like 30 people, right? And I gave them all front row tickets. Oh, wow. Now, the funny thing about Kid Rock is that he has this TV in his dressing room that he has hooked up to the uh, the video system in the house, and he can see the audience prior to the show right because he right. likes to kind of get the vibe of what he's walking out there to. I mean, he's Kid's a really smart guy, right? I mean, yeah. and he's a great performer, and uh, and he 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 pulls me aside. He sees me walking in the hallway, and he goes, "Hey." Is what did he? Because he can be a little gruff at first, you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Like that's how he is. Kind of his attitude, you know. And he goes, he goes, "Hey, what's up with all these people with the same color shirts on in the front row?" And I started because he was suspicious. He thought something was going on. <laughs> and I started laughing, and I go, I told him the story, and then I said, "Can you see what their shirts say?" And he goes, "No." He goes, "I can't see it." But he was already in awe that they had taken a bus from Nova Scotia down to Connecticut to right. see him, right? And he get and I told him I go, dude, the shirts say Kid Rock for president, <laughs> right? And he started laughing and he goes, "That's amazing." And I said, I, "I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic, you know." And I'll never forget that one. That was one of my favorite favorite moments of doing the upgrades. You I know? love but, it, Pete. It's just yeah, been absolutely awesome hanging out with you. You know, this last uh, couple episodes. But Pete, do me a favor and 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 end end this episode with um with some words of encouragement for, for, for people that are going through the exact same thing that you're going through. Maybe you can give them, um, you know, just some inspiration, man, some motivation. I mean, platform well, that's, that's a, that's a lot, man. Uh, <laughs> so, um, look, if there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, you know, and I don't know what the end result is going to be of all this stuff that's happening. I mean, we've all been faced with loss and, and probably had to say goodbye to some people that we weren't expecting to leave us so soon. And, um, you know, I, I've had that happen several times this past year, some people that had big impacts on my life, but we have to carry on. You know, you always have to find a way forward. And 
the only way that you can do that is by tapping into who you are. You know, a lot of people these days, I don't feel like they have the gumption to pick themselves up when they get kicked, you know, and, uh, I'm very lucky that I grew up with the family that I had, my father, especially because of his work ethic and the people that surrounded me as a kid. And, um, not everybody had that. And I know that, but the people that had it harder than me in that situation are probably even stronger than they realize. And you just have to find something that appeals to your heart again. You know, if you've been put out of work because of this thing, if we've lost, you know, I've lost 24 year career, you know, I'm, it's, it's whether it comes back or not, I don't know. You know, I, I assume that it will someday, but how long can you sit around and wait for that? You know, I got bills to pay, yeah, you know, absolutely. you have to go out and find a way to carry on. And, uh, I just think that we all can do that. You know, I mean, we all have it in us to do these kind of things. If you're listening to this show, chances are you're already somebody that's tapped into trying to figure this stuff out in your own head, you know, and that's, that's the first step, you know, and it takes time, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. I mean, look at all the things that, that, that I've been doing and that I've been working on. And it took, it took me talking to someone that does these resume rewrites professionally and someone that could help me understand how I fit in another part of the, the world, you know, now the challenge is trying to get other people to pay attention to that because my history is still my history. I just have to find a new way to sell it, Yeah, you know, and, and we all have to do that. So, you know, look, I don't know. I don't know if it means anything to anybody, but just, I've never been taught. I've never been one to give up, you know, for me. I mean, sometimes you have to change. Sometimes you have to pivot, but quitting has never been something that I've been, I've been okay with, you know? I love and, it. uh, yeah, I think that's the most important message, you know, give up on yourself, you know, and, and please do yourselves a favor and do me a favor. <laughs> Go to the website, blackbirdentertainmentinc.com and check out all the projects. Send me a message on there if you want. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll find a record that you want to buy. Maybe you'll find a radio show you want to listen to on there. Maybe you'll get turned on to something you didn't even know about. And if you do anything where you need a voiceover person, <laughs> call me up, you know, hit me up direct. I'd love to be able to do that directly for people because I, I just really enjoy that, you know, and if there's something that I can do that uh, you hear something that catches your ear, you know, it's help each other out. That's the only thing that it's the only thing that works right now. So that's, that's the best I can say. And I, and I got to thank you for having me on, man. I mean, you know, we have a mutual friend and, and, and Bob and, uh, Bob I'm really, happy that he, I'm really happy that he connected us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I again, Pete Merluzzi, I, I can't thank you enough. And, and I encourage all of you to go check out the website. Again, Blackbird Entertainment, Inc., INC.com. Yeah. And, and just check out all these really cool proje projects that, that Pete has going on. And Pete, I'm, I'm really, really proud of you. I'm proud of everything that you've accomplished all the, the years you've been doing this. But I'm really, really proud of everything that you've put together this past year. Um, you know, it, it takes guts. It takes, it, it takes a lot of that. And, uh, I'm proud of you, man. I Thanks. know I, 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 I Thanks, can't, I can't, I can't wait to, to see the future. And again, yeah, I can't wait either. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm really ready for this now. Like, I, I think I was, I was thinking about that the other day. I just went, man, I am, you know what? I've had enough waiting around. I've done everything that I think I can do right now. And I'm just going to keep on that course, but I'm really ready to take that next leap, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I might be nervous about it like we all will be, but I feel like I'm ready for it. So, 
Pete, again, I, I can't, I can't thank you for the inspiration, the motivation, the, uh, you know, just everything you, you've brought today to, um, to the podcast. So thanks again. We're going to, we're definitely gonna have to do this again. So uh, yeah, I look forward to it, man. Thank you so Pete, much. It was a pleasure again, everybody. That was Pete Merluzzi and you can find him at blackbird entertainment, inc.com blackbird entertainment, inc.com. Check out all of his projects. And again, I'm Johnny D the motivational cowboy telling all of you, Be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. We'll see you next time on the Outstanding Life Podcast. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.